Hi friends, thanks for tuning in to In Other News, a random podcast about stuff. The kind of stuff you think about every day. Or at least some days. Here's the setup. Once upon a time, three young guys worked together to deliver news and weather from a local TV station. Today, they're a little older, a little wiser, and they're back to discuss the things that really matter. And a few things that don't. Thanks for listening. Now here's Axel, Joe, and Adam. Hey friends, welcome back to In Other News with Axel, uh, Joe, and Adam. I almost forgot. I almost forgot our names. I was debating whether we should do first and last names and be more formal, or uh, just go with the first names. But uh, let's go with the first names and be less formal. We are also excited this right now, right? <laughs> household names. Yeah, this is this is our isn't it? This is our third one, so we're getting pretty good at this. I feel like we've I know uh, it. we've maybe got this figured out. Uh, um, but we have a, a very exciting show tonight. We uh, have our uh, Axel is our travel correspondent, and he has been risking his life uh, recently uh, by uh, testing the skies. And he's going to fill us in on everything that you need to know about traveling during the COVID period through Axel's eyes. Uh, and then, you know, it's political season and we are going to talk politics. Yes, we're going to risk it. And venture into politics. That should up our ratings. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up with some fun stuff uh, as well. So with no further ado, travel correspondent, I feel like there should be a, a jet plane noise that comes in now. Uh, Axel, you spent uh, time recently in the retirement community, right? I did. I did. So uh, I had to uh, make a trip uh, two or three weeks ago. And that trip led me to Florida. And the reason, so, you know, I thought twice about this trip because I, um, you know, this, we're in the middle of a pandemic and you just don't know uh, what sort of environments you want to put yourself into. So when this trip came up, I kind of had to make a decision as to whether I wanted to do the trip. And I, and I guess I should share some background. Shell, um, my family, all of them are in Germany and some friends, we all co-own this condo in Florida. And in any given year, somebody will be there because we kind of trade off who stays there when. But with, with the pandemic, no one has been there for at least 10 months now because of the overseas uh, travel restrictions. So um, as Germans, we are very concerned about things like humidity and moisture in your houses. And so uh, when that topic came that's up... Just a, and, that's a, just a German thing? I didn't know that that was just well, a... It's an everybody thing, I think. That's I, I, my wife laughs at me when I open up the windows in my house here in Minnesota to air it out because she says it's not necessary. It's too cold. <laughs> so, but long story short, I, you know, living in America as the only member of this uh, bigger group, um, I was the chosen one to consider flying down there to see that things are all right. And um, so hold, hold on one what, second. There, there's an, there, there seems like there's an in, important component to this that may be missing all right you are probably the youngest owner or part owner <laughs> uh of this home right is that correct you're like, the youngest person true. on the podcast and the youngest owner of that condo yeah that, that that is very true it is a condo in a retirement community where you can own under age 55 by way of inheriting or some other grandfathering that's happening 
but you cannot take part in the many activities and, and amenities until you're 55. So yes, I may co-own this place, but I'm not getting that activity card for another 13 years. So <laughs> won't see me at the pool, won't see me at pickleball. It's just a, just a condo to hang out for now. Uh, so, but you know, I've enjoyed going down there, taking the family whenever possible. We meet up there a lot with my family from Germany. So it's just, an, it's, a, it's been a great time to just spend together uh, without having to fly to Germany all the time. So, so that's, that's been great. So I decided to make the trip and, uh, you know, I take COVID seriously. And um, so one of the first things I did is I really wanted to get a feel for just what kind of a risk am I putting myself in myself in going to airports and airplanes read up on some studies and um, surprisingly I realized that really the risk of getting this virus or any virus on an airplane is relatively low if you are following things like masking up and social distancing and so that there's a big consensus about that so that made me feel pretty good about the whole thing but at the same time they all those studies would also say that if you don't mask up and if you do have somebody sitting next to you you might just be in the prime environment to get get covid or really any other virus uh i should mention this was a trip with delta airlines and uh, delta airlines i think you could probably say they've been maybe leading the industry in their pandemic response because they've been pretty aggressive in you know, developing new procedures and, and measures for passengers and for their crew members. And they've been pretty good at messaging all that stuff. I've been joking about, you know, you get these emails uh, from CEOs sometimes, and it's like your personal update from, you know, XYZ. And of course, having flown with Delta quite a bit, I get all these emails from their CEO. And, you know, you can't help but you you it you know their their goal was to make you feel positive about your flying experience and that was accomplished between my research on the risk to get to get the virus on an airplane coupled with what the ceo puts out there in terms of what the what the airline has done uh namely things like you know the masking everywhere at all times keeping the seat next to you blocked so that you don't have a neighbor it's not six feet because you have somebody one seat over from you but you know it's like you felt i went into this feeling pretty safe i you know i had my mask should, along go ahead i should note axel that uh as of right now delta is not a sponsor of our podcast but perhaps it is not that's right yeah good uh and yeah i mean i i have flown delta for a long time and so that was just the choice i took and you know you feel familiar with it um so I felt well prepared, and I should also mention what what made a difference is I chose to fly out of uh, Rochester, Minnesota, which is a very small airport, has maybe ten flights a day. So this whole idea of you know being stuck in security with long lines of people, potentially sick people, or you know waiting in line to check in and so forth, all that wasn't a factor because I knew I could park my car and be at the gate five minutes later, if even that. And so, um, you know, I, I did that and um, it felt good. And I, you know, I got to that first gate in Rochester. So this was a connection that got me from Rochester to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then down to Tampa. And so the first flight for me was sort of like a, a gauge to see just how does it feel like. Of course, if it didn't feel good, I, I don't know what I would have done about the second flight, but <laughs> it was pretty darn um, satisfying, I will say. 
you know, the gate agents, they would um, make plenty of announcements reminding people, keep your masks on, including over your nose, not just your mouth. Uh, they even went as far as calling us by name when we were ready to um, board the plane. This only worked because the first flight was one of those, um, uh, I don't want to say puddle jumpers, but like, you know, one of those 90-seater planes. And so they, with middle seats blocked, we, there were only about 40 of us on that plane. And they called us up by names, you know, to board from back to front. So, you know, all these little things really worked well, I thought. And you guys, I'll tell you, you guys, you guys have boarded planes, right? I mean, you, you walk through the jet bridge and you enter the plane. And for me, there's always been that distinctive airplane smell, right? Where it's like this combination of <laughs> kerosene, worn leather, badly deodorized carpet, maybe a cheap <laughs> coffee that they're making, right? And so... It, 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 you know, I, that's what I expect when I step into a plane. It's not necessarily a negative thing. It's just how, that's how airplanes smell. They fly all the time and with thousands of people in them. But here I stepped into this plane and guess what I smelled? Clorox. Nothing. No, that, not even Clorox. There was nothing. It was, it was amazing. You walk in and it just didn't smell like anything, not even disinfectant. It was, it just, it, it smelled nothing as in clean. And um, you got this little sanitizing wipe as you got, in, you know, as you boarded the plane. And I made immediate plans to use that wipe to clean off everything that I would touch, you know, my, my, my buckle, my, my seat handles, my tray table, that sort of thing. Um, but guess what? I sat down and everything was so amazingly clean. I couldn't believe it. You know, you, you always find something from a previous flight, like a piece of a napkin or you know, a bit of a spill from a drink or an old newspaper or whatever. There was nothing. It was just perfectly clean. There was not any stains on anything. Even the carpet, you know, the floor was immaculate. I couldn't believe it. It was really reassuring. You really felt like these airlines are walking the walk when they um, talk about what they're doing to keep us safe. So I did, I never used that wipe to, um, to uh, do my secondary cleaning. So that that was a pretty a pretty reassuring deal, um, and so that first flight went very well. It was just a short trip, twenty minutes, and uh, so the next test that I sort of had for myself in terms of gauging how I felt about this whole thing came in Minneapolis, which is of course a much bigger airport. I think uh, what fifteenth in size in the U.S. and um, you know, it felt like it, it felt like a normal airport, though. Um, it wasn't deserted necessarily, like you may have expected based on what you see in the news about no one flying anymore. And I think right now we're at 30 percent or so from a year ago in terms of how many people are flying. But still, people were walking around. There were business people. There were families going on vacation. And there were the usual pandemic measures. You had to wear a mask at all times. You couldn't sit next to each other. Um, at the gate, they told you, you know, 50 times to make sure your mask is over your, over your nose. In fact, on that second flight, it was funny. Um, everything was the same in terms of cleanliness and service, but a few times these flight attendants would go on the intercom and, uh, sort of gently shame the people that whose mask would go below the nose because that was really important. And so they say, now, now remember, put your mask over your nose. Um, not sure what they, you know, it's not like they could have said, or you can't get on the airplane anymore because we were 30,000 feet above 
<laughs> above the uh, earth at that time. Were they, were they like skirt and Sir and the, <laughs> the red shirt? Um, they, I just want to make you uh, wear the pure mask because they, they, they didn't point fingers, but you know, naturally, as soon as that it, people would look around when that when that announcement came on because they wanted to see who's who's the culprit, who didn't who didn't follow the rules. So it was, uh, you know, it just it made you feel good that they were that detail oriented, and um, so you know, it made me feel good about this whole experience. As far as uh, service goes, they skipped the whole rolling the card through the aisle and asking you for what snack you want, what beverage you want. You just got this prepackaged. It all came in a Ziploc bag, small bottle of water, a cookie, a couple of cookies, and um, I think I got a couple of bags of Cheez-Its. And so there was no choice of anything. You just got that, and uh, it was handed to you. You could ask for more if you wanted, um, but no one did, I think. And then they just walked through a few times um, in terms of uh, collecting your trash. In fact, they did that a lot because they wanted to make sure you don't stick anything in your seat pocket in front of you. Don't throw anything on the floor. If you need more sanitizers, that's fine. We have that for you. So it was uh, it was surprisingly well done. I I you know you always wonder about when promises are made about you know here's what we're doing to protect you. But with a mass operation like that, I just wasn't sure if if that all would come true. But it did, and I was very very pleased with that experience. You know I don't know if I would be ready necessarily to fly all the way across the ocean again to Germany to see my family to do this for eight hours, but certainly domestically, you know, that day, that morning when I flew, everything was fine. And I would probably do it again. It was, uh, it was surprisingly reassuring. And so it was a good, um, it was just a good test. I would say. Would you, uh, would you take your uh, flock of 63 children uh, on a flight? I'm right not now? sure. I thought about that too, especially I had, on that one flight, I had a family of five behind me, three little kids. And I tell you, those parents were just, uh, they had their hands full because these kids would just, you know, climb over everything, touch everything, stick their toys into the pockets. And, and, and that mom was just about ready to collapse when the flight was done because she, you know, she constantly had the hand sanitizer everywhere. And I have kids that same age, so I'm not sure that it would work yet, especially not on a long haul flight. But with a bunch of, uh, you know, practicing and talking to them, it's possible. But, you know, not I'd have to think about it. For that family that was directly behind you. And if you are traveling as a family, are you able to sit together or is that one seat between passengers apply throughout the plane? No, if you had a if you had a flying partner, whether it's a family or if you were flying with you know your friend, if you're booking together, you can sit together. And um, if you know there were whole sections of the plane that were empty, and so people were at liberty to spread out more if they wanted to, but families could stay together. And there were a number of them. And and you know, so you question the social distancing. In my case, I did have uh, nobody next to me, but then somebody one seat over. But then the rows before and behind me were completely full of you know, families or couples or whatnot. So really, I was probably, if I drew a six-feet radius around me, I probably had, let's say, four people in that bubble. But, you know, again, they were all masked. And, um, it, you know, it's just a risk I decided to take. And, um, you know, this was now two, three weeks ago. I didn't develop any symptoms. I, I, I'm fine. Um, so... 
I like to think that the, uh, oh, and this other thing I should mention is the airline or Delta, at least in this case, they reminded you over and over how their air circulation works on the plane during the flight. They had on the seat monitor in front of you, the entertainment system, they had a graphic that would show how the air flows in the cabin, how often it, it gets recirculated, how often they pump in fresh air from outside, what type of filters they use. It was very sciencey, but in a way that made you understand how it all works. And I mean, they made the case that their air is as clean as you might find it in a surgical uh, room in a hospital. You know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But uh, certainly it sounds like they're using the same type of filters. Uh, so again, it made me feel pretty good about the whole thing. Now you were on a premier airline. So was I'll the go ahead, Adam. You go. Your turn. Yeah. Was was did you find that the airfare was lower? Uh, not necessarily. Less? This flight cost me, so this was about maybe I want to say 260 bucks. And ironically, usually when you fly out of Rochester, you know, one of those smaller airports around a bigger airport, it tends to be more expensive domestically anyways, because you have that extra flight. In this case, for some strange reason, I saved 50 bucks. Then if I had driven to Minneapolis and just took that, that nonstop flight. Uh, so I took an extra flight, saved 50 bucks, uh, you know, which at the time was another reason to say, Hey, I got to do it. But I can't say that the, the fares were necessarily cheaper. Um, I will say though, that they have gotten a lot more, um, generous in terms of, um, uh, you know, rebooking or change fees are no longer an issue. I think with most airlines, there are no change fees anymore. As a matter of fact, I had to extend that trip by a couple of days and um, I was fretting the cost of changing something at the last minute and I did it twice and it was $0. So it was, um, they're doing what they can and, you know, they have to because their, their survival is obviously at stake and with only a third about of us flying right now compared to what they had last year, they're hurting. And so for me, everything was right to consider this as a, as a okay transportation method uh, in the future. So we'll see, but um, so far so good. Last brief question for me. So like I said, you took a premier airline. There are airlines that I've taken or I, that my family takes where they pack as many people as humanly possible into that tube and they get you there uh, for a what's supposed to be a, a, a budget price. Um, I am curious to see, I, granted, you did not fly those airlines, but you walked through an airport where those airlines exist. I'm curious to see if they had anything about uh, space between passengers or any of the uh, COVID preventions they were doing. I will say that as I would walk through these, you know, gate areas and looked at other airlines, the one thing that was, that stood out to me is even though all these seats had stickers on that would say, don't sit here, every other seat only, no one went by that. And it could be that it's just families or couples, but gates were, they weren't packed, but most seats were taken. Um, I've, I listened to a couple of uh, gate announcements by other airlines, but they were pretty standard too, like, you know, mask, social distance. By the way, no one's, no one's social distances as they walk up to get on the plane. It's the same old, you know, herd, herd of cows, I guess, that just <laughs> everybody wants to get on the plane, even if it's from back to front. Everybody just waits until it's their turn. Uh, so, so I can't say whether uh, other airlines, you know, how they deal with it in the air. 
I have heard that some of the other bigger airlines, and I don't want to you know point out anybody because it's not for me to do that, um, don't have that policy yet or not anymore to keep a seat next to you free. Um, it, it's debatable whether that's that truly helps because you're still within say three four feet of somebody, but maybe it helps a little bit. I don't know. So I uh, the the ticket I bought was you know it was a regular coach ticket. They had Delta has a thing called I think Basic where you buy a ticket but you don't get to pick your seat. You don't have free luggage and all that stuff. Um, but I went with a with the next level up, which you know what used to be the regular level just a few years ago just to have a little bit more control about where I would seat. And I actually would go online the day before each flight and I would look at their seat and how everything was filled up. And I picked the seat where I felt it's as safe as can be, you know? So I would pick a seat where I knew um, everything around me was free. Of course, then the next day, you know, everybody else had the same idea and I did have people around me, but you know, you felt empowered to make some decisions and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, but, by and large, it was a positive experience. Cool. All nice. right. Well, we will go from, uh, let's see, travel to politics for Joe's segment in just a second. And uh, we'll talk about platforms, but maybe not in the way our listeners might think. So we'll get back to you, Joe, in just a second. All right, welcome back. And guys, we're going to talk about politics. And granted, this is not a political podcast. We are not going to get into what our views are. <laughs> it's become not, one. I swear it's not. But, you know, there are times where Joe you president. Think, boy, yeah, if I was running for, if I was, well, there is a Joe running for president. Right oh, now, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so there are times where you're thinking, boy, if I was in charge, if I was president or mayor or governor or dog catcher or whatever, I would do this. I, I would consider this to be a power. Now, we're not talking hot button issues here. We're just talking about those little things or those little things that were humorous, but to you would make a difference. And maybe they'd make a difference to somebody else, too. So um, do, should we go around? Do you want me to start? Does anyone want to volunteer with a, a portion of, of their platform? Very curious to hear uh, to hear your uh, platform, All right, Joe. Well, I'll give one one right now. So, um, if I'm elected or I get in charge, you will get more denominations from an ATM than just twenty dollar bills. <laughs> so, there are times when you need a couple of bucks in cash, where it is not practical <laughs> to swipe a card or Venmo or PayPal anybody, but your wallet you only got a twenty in it. Maybe you're at the kids' carnival, maybe you're at a garage sale, and then they ask, do you have anything smaller than a 20? Well, no, because every ATM in this nation basically gives out $20 bills. So I end up making change for things I don't need. I'll get it at the local quick trip, 20 bucks out of their ATM, and then I'm buying a lottery ticket or I'm buying a candy bar just to break a 20. So when I'm elected, we're going to have other denominations like $5 bills or ways to get uh, smaller amounts of cash out than a 20. I'm voting for you, Joe. I completely agree for all the reasons you just listed. It is royally annoying. I cannot remember the last time I used an ATM. 
it's becoming rare, which kind of dates me a bit by harping about yeah. the, uh, the challenges we with ATMs. But there are still a few places that need I thought cash. you were going to go the other direction and say <clears throat> only hundred dollar bills <laughs> out of ATMs. <laughs> no, no, not quite that and not that extreme in my platform. So uh, maybe I'll get some votes with that stance. Uh, the financial industry will probably be against me because I'm sure it's just cheaper to shove a crate full of 20s into those machines and have them dispense that way. You know how I get around that, Joe, sometimes. You know, when you go to certain stores and you pay with a debit card and then they offer you the option to do cash back, you know, and then, and then on the display, it would say 20, 40, 60 or other amount. I have clicked other amount and typed in, say, 16 or 13. And then the, the clerk would say, you really want 13 bucks? I said, yes, I do want 13 bucks. And so they count it out. And that's how I get my money broken down. That's perfect. Could you type in like 1376? I wonder what they would say. Then. I'm sure they'd give it to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, because there's a coin. Oh, that's right. That's right. It to you. <laughs> Anyway, that's one of my platforms. Uh, we'll go around the horn here. Uh, Axel, you uh, are up next. What's your platform? So, yeah, so mine is, you know, it's it's uh, outlandish, but a little bit on the serious side. You guys have heard me gripe about uh, social media and how it's how I view it as sort of the root cause of many of our ills right now here, uh, especially in this political season. And so if I was elected or had any of these powers I would require people to obtain a social media license before they are allowed to do any sort of activity on social media. They would be required to uh, get some basic knowledge as to what it means when you post on social media, what the implications are, what the risks are, what the rewards are, and uh, but there needs to be some basic education to be allowed to do that. Uh, only then, I think, so you you will well, restrict free speech. Be, that's your that's that's how I, that's, that's your that's how it will be interpreted and how that'll be the first negative ad that will be run against me uh, because I'm restricting free speech. Um, and at the same time, I would also put some requirements on the social media giants to um, come up with certain ways so that these tools can't be abused in certain ways and of course this is all subjective but um i feel like there needs to be a very basic understanding of what it means when you post something on social media which today too many people are just not understanding and it doesn't have to be political it can be any any type of content people um are just not um realizing the power that comes with that and the responsibility i should say yeah, it's easy to hide, hide behind anonymous comments or uh, spread rumors, uh, even though these websites exist to dispel rumors or that's their sole purpose is to dispel rumors or what's true and what's false. Yep. Um, you can always find those who will disagree with those sites. So, yeah, I, I, I see where you're going. I, I think it will be a tough task <laughs> to to avoid those negative political ads against you, but uh I completely agree. There's, we've we've kind of strayed from what those tools were originally designed to do. What do you got, Adam? Adam. Yeah, uh, mine is equally controversial. I'm going to uh, run on a platform of being anti. Ooh, that's spice. kind of bold. 
because I think uh, I, I just feel like it's encroached on too many areas of life. There's pumpkin spice candles and Oreos and waffles and air fresheners. And I, it's too much. You, no one should have that much. I saw today spice. there is a contest from Kraft Macaroni and Cheese where you can win a sample of pumpkin spice macaroni and cheese. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, see, too far, too far. It's gone too far. It's gone too far. So it, someone someone needs to put an end to this, and that would be uh, foundational. <laughs> to my so you're case. against freedom of choice is what you're saying, is what's what boils down to uh, no, I'm just, you know, it's like make America smart again about about the flavors. So we will, we will not see Adam ever post the hashtag, uh, what is it, PSL pumpkin spice latte that comes out, like, say, August 1st. See? Yeah. See, it even has its... That. See? Yes. <laughs> no. All right. I'm going to throw out another one on my platform here. So uh, I'm, this is a bit bold, and I'm going to get a lot of enemies for this one, but dog owners that do not pick up after the pets will be jailed they will be jailed Ooh, yeah, with their pets that, that's with legit. their pets in the cell and uh, they they can't pick up after their pet while they're in the cell i mean they'll all get their one hour of, of yard time oh, a day. That's... so originally i was going like death penalty but that's a that might be a bit too extreme for not yeah. picking up after your dog but uh, as someone who had to pick up for someone else's dog twice this past weekend on my yard. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of s- stuck on this, uh, this issue. See, that's the, that's not an issue in Germany because we all have these uh, fences because we don't uh, want to ever see our neighbors. So <laughs> you can't ever have a dog randomly <laughs> run onto your yard to uh, relieve themselves. <laughs> As a dog owner, I find that wholly inappropriate that someone would let their dog their yeah. business on your yard but well that's what happens uh any other parts of your platform axel is there a second platform of your overall run for no office? you know i only thought about this one it's pretty major <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's and true, it's yeah. not going to get you elected as well so uh, but yeah i have two others let's hear one of yours uh, adam uh, so um, the second uh, platform, because I because I think you're supposed to do mm-hmm. things in threes. I somehow that sticks in my head. So you know I'll have a three pronged approach to my candidacy. This the second one is that I uh, will champion reinvention of the food pyramid to expand the base with your uh, sweets and fried foods <laughs> because that that's what you build right. upon, right? And, and I think, I think the pyramid, I think the the food pyramid has become too healthy and <laughs> that's why people aren't it. adopting it My because it's it. just not attractive. <laughs> it's not realistic. You're right. It might need, need to be modernized. In some Adam, you will, okay. you will chuckle. I <laughs> recently uh, complained to my school. I shouldn't say I complained, but I, I questioned why there is one day every week this summer when the kids got, um, uh, what are they called? Um, Pop tarts for breakfast and uncrustables for lunch. To me, that is the worst combination. <laughs> Only in America. Yeah, that's too too close to yeah. <laughs> All right, and I got one more piece for my platform, and then we'll go back to Adams. But the last piece for me is that garbage and recycling 
must be picked up each week. There's none of this. Oh, is this recycling week? Is this not recycling oh, yeah. week? Let's pull out the recycling just in case. No. Yeah. The trucks are already in the neighborhood. The trucks more than likely these days have garbage and recycling together. Just do it once. Just come on, take it all, get it out of here. So that's that's also that's interesting, point. Joe. My uh, you know, you know, my hometown is a sliver of the size of your hometown, and we do have recycling pickup every week. So here in this town, uh, depending on which garbage hauler you go with, you may have recycling every week. You may have it every other week. It just depends on who you go yeah. with. It's it's a burden when you forget and you miss a week and it's three weeks or whatever it would be, mm-hmm. four weeks between. Then you have to haul it out to the recycling center or you're, maybe you're sneaking it into your regular garbage yep. uh, at that point. What I usually do is I have my son jump on it inside of the the garbage dumpster to compact it, uh, so that when the truck comes to dump it out, it doesn't fall. Exactly, out. that's what happens with us. And it's not that we're compacting it down; it's just that some of us in this house enjoy breaking down the boxes, so we don't have that problem. <laughs> Other people in the house do not, <laughs> and so therefore you get the big box, and yeah, like half your recycling makes it in each week, and you're just hoping you don't overfill it for the next pickup. I find breaking down boxes oddly therapeutic. I don't know. My wife has sharply increased her online ordering habits, and um, I'm one of those people who'd like to break down the boxes right away, but Man, if there's two or three boxes a day and and my little recycling box for the cardboard is already full, <sighs> I wish I had a burn pit or something to just throw it in the fire every night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I would agree. That, that would be nice to have a, a burn barrel like uh, in the grandparents' farm on yeah. the old days. So, Anyway, Adam, what's your last leg of your platform? Yeah, so my uh, so my last one uh, comes from uh, uh, something that that I experienced the other night as I was trying to watch the Minnesota Twins. One of the last feels like summer nights. It was like eighty degrees. I was sitting on my deck. I was like, I'm going to enjoy baseball outside. In the ah. little gnats were getting through mm. my screened-in porch and biting me. So I. The third prong of my platform is to kill gnats because I don't know what purpose they serve. Um, You know, and I suppose you could extend it to include fruit flies as well, but I, I just, I couldn't stand it. I had to come inside. That's that's a good one. Yeah. Especially when they can get through the screen, like you could probably throw Japanese beetles and box elder bugs in there too, but they stay outside the screens typically. So I'm kind of with you on that one. I'll I'll support that. Well, one. gentlemen, it sounds like our first frost is near in our neck okay. of the woods here, so we should be clear soon. Let's hope so. Yeah, and then allergy hope. season will also be over, and we can all hallelujah uh, <laughs> deal with dry indoor uh, forced air heat here coming up soon. So, well, hey, thanks for uh, letting us go down the political path just a little bit. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, we're going to take a break here. And then when we come back, Adam's going to talk a little bit about uh, the change in the seasons that we're experiencing and uh, a little preview of autumn. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, it's fall uh, and another 
week or so, uh, I think we turn back the clocks, which my family has been uh, already complaining about turning back the clocks uh, this year, which is unusual for us to uh, to begin complaining that early. Uh, so, so clearly we've struck a chord during the COVID season. But it got me thinking the other day, if I'm honest, really? fall is my least favorite season. And I thought, uh, yeah, uh, you know, not only because, uh, well, it's obvious that I don't like pumpkin spice, um, but uh, but fall just, you know, the gray days. And then when you lose all the leaves off the trees and it's just brown and it can't decide if it's going to be hot or cold. It's just, I don't know. There's something about, I like winter. I like spring. I like summer. Uh, but fall just, uh, it is, it is not doing it for me. And I thought, uh, what do you guys think? What's, well, your, what's I, your favorite season? You know, I, ironically, people always ask me, why did you pick Minnesota when you decided to uh, move, you know, move to the U.S. from Germany? And one of the reasons I've always mentioned is that because there are four distinct, distinctive seasons around here, very well-defined winter, spring, summer, and fall. So I don't think I have a favorite, but I will say that, you know, after, you know, our pretty hot summer, and then we did have a couple of really fall-like days, like rainy and cold. That to me was that internal switch. All right, I'm ready for the cold season. So now when we've had another stretch of, you know, in the 80s, I'm sick of the summer weather. I just, I'm ready for, you know, get me the frost, get me, you know, get me rid of my allergies, get me the leaves so I can get rid of them before the snow flies, that sort of thing. And I, and I, I love cooking and baking and that's more easily done in a, on a dreary fall day than any other season. So um, I wouldn't say fall is my favorite, but it's also not, I also don't hate it, I guess. Yeah, I don't really have a necessarily a favorite season. I like aspects of all of them. Although, as I age, it does feel like the winter season just gets a little bit longer every year. And maybe it's just because, you know, you're a homeowner and you have to do the snow blowing and, you know, be careful lice dams and shovel off the deck and all that sort of stuff. But um, um there are there are portions of winter that are enjoyable but uh, i do kind of look forward to those first days of spring when we can hit 70 degrees and i enjoy the summertime but i would agree with uh, the little bit of criticism for fall is like today i'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt tomorrow i'm wearing blue jeans and a sweatshirt and actually tomorrow i'm going into the office i'll, I'll tell you about that after the show but um yeah, so uh, it will be, um, you just never know. Well, you've got shorts and winter apparel side by side. What am I going to wear today? And um, it's it doubles. Uh, you can't really put away your summer clothes yet, but you can't really crack out the winter clothes. You know, yet. I think it's this transition time, especially for me between winter and spring. I love, you know, a 50 degree day after a stretch of 20s or 30s. But if you then have, you know, 10 feet of slush to overcome until all that snow um melts away that's probably my least favorite time when it's nice and sunny but down below it's still pretty ugly there on the street <laughs> uh, i should i should have probably asked so do you guys like pumpkin spice <sighs> so uh, it depends so it, pumpkin spice has this broad term so i i i like yeah. pumpkin pie at thanksgiving or I've tried a pumpkin shake or two at Culver's. 
I don't need pumpkin spice season to be a six month ordeal. So there are certain things that I like of it, but I'm not pumpkin spicing everything. Yeah, I'm sense. with you, Joe. I, you know, pumpkin spice is one of those American things for me that I was introduced to the second I arrived 20 years ago and it just never went away. And I, I, I'll go with the pie, maybe with a pumpkin spice bar, but that's it. <laughs> so yes. I can count on your yes. boat then uh, <laughs> this fall. <laughs> I think there may still be time. I might, write I, you might in, be yes. to, I might be able to make it on this platform. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we have our rapid fire round uh, coming up next. Joe has a, a very intriguing con uh, topic that I think uh, you're going to want to stay tuned for. So we'll be right back. All right, everyone, welcome back. We're about ready to close out the show with a lightning round, and we're going to do this one uh, as parents of uh, children that were small and are maybe not small anymore. We've all run into the dilemma. We're cooking something at the house, but somewhere between where it's prepared and where we consume it, maybe something has hit the floor. And as a parent or as a person, maybe when you're single, you're do you eat that thing uh, the five second rule is that a thing do you pick it up and eat it do you throw it away do you rinse it off what do you do so i've got 10 items for each of you guys and you tell me for the five second rule are you eating this item you personally are you throwing this away or are you doing something with it okay you gotta explain it all right uh volunteer who wants to go first we're just going to alternate down this list i'll take it sure. who wants to go first all right Oh, I'll go first. I'll go Adam first, and then to Axel. All right, first one: frosted cup, frosted cupcake that lands frosting side down. Uh, eat it. No scrape off the frosting. That's right. Okay, <laughs> sounds sounds good. Now I, you know, because I think the frosting is probably already going to stick to the floor, and I'm going to be irritated about that because I don't get cupcakes very often. Uh, so. Uh, I figure when I pick it up, <laughs> yes, it's going to leave the residual frosting that's good contaminated. Thinking, good so I'm probably getting clean cupcake <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. All right, Axel. Hamburger patty, fresh off the grill, flops on the floor. I what wouldn't stand doing? a chance. My dog would get it instantly. <laughs> so you, you have no decisions. decisions. The dog the is dog taking is care, of it. care of that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to Adam. Freshly washed grapes. Uh, I think you could, you can rinse those off. Yeah, you could rinse them off. So I, okay. I'd probably rinse them off. Uh, Axel, uh, cheese, piece of cheese. Piece of cheese. Uh, you know, that's, that's a tricky one because, so let's say it's a, you know, a square piece of cheese. When you pick that up, chances are you can see every single hair, dust, crumb of whatever. I would probably throw it away just because you visualize all the pieces of dirt on there. So I'll throw it. That's that's fair. All right, Adam. Just for the record, I don't think <laughs> we'll find out. There may be a couple I'm, of things. I'm, I'm, I think the odds are that he's. <laughs> All right, Adam, your turn. <laughs> Dry cereal. You you spill your Rice Krispies or whatever all over the floor. 
Oh, that's too much work. No, you got to use. I'm not going to pick that up and eat it. You got to use a broom and just. All right. Uh, Axel, popcorn. Popcorn. I tell you what, I would probably still eat it because my secondary rule is uh, wet versus dry. You know, wet picks up more stuff off the floor than dry. And a piece of popcorn, (laughs) if my dog doesn't get it, he loves, she loves popcorn. I might re-eat that. All right, uh, Adam, apple slices. Uh, no. 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 All right. The apple's gone. Uh, Axel. <laughs> I wouldn't, I probably right. wouldn't be eating an apple anyway. Unless Based it's on a your granny pyramid Smith discussion. Apple. Now, if you had said ah. last slice of apple pie, maybe. That's maybe. Tough. All right. Uh, Axel, uh, pizza slice. Uh, if it falls uh, dough side down, I would I would consider just blowing it off and still eating it again if my dog doesn't get it. But if it's upside down, no way. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, Adam, <laughs> uh, cereal with milk. <laughs> That's a really good cereal. Really good cereal. Uh, That's your last of the, that you had. No. No, and I'd be mad because it made a mess, and I no, yeah, I can't, can't, right. can't reclaim. Uh, Axel, it. chicken nuggets. They would never make it to my house in the first place. <laughs> but if they did, what? If they did, I would have to probably <laughs> argue with my kids to no longer eat them when they already have them in their mouths, fresh off the floor. <laughs> Yeah, unless I make it myself, yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to be part of his <laughs> next platform of his politics. So. Yeah. All right, uh, Adam, back to you. Uh, a premium scoop of ice cream, not the cheap stuff, like really good ice cream. Ooh. Um, and it, hmm. Well, yeah, you know, you could probably... scoop it up and just uh, leave the bottom, say, What's quarter favorite? of an inch there and yeah i think yeah yeah i think it i think it kind of yep. follows the uh, i would scrape off the bad part and try yep. to eat the good part too yep i'm with you uh axles yeah. uh you get potato chips oh i would still eat those yep because you know the, the way it's curved it would only yeah. touch you know it touches like a small section right <laughs> yeah exactly <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Adam, spaghetti noodles. No, mm, no, 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 no. So, so for, you got to remember that, and you're probably getting this from my answers. The harder the it is to pick up, are. like the less desire I have to, uh, yeah, to that's eat it. Okay. Axel, I, I, I think we'll get you on, on this one here. So powdered sugar ah, donut. <laughs> I would... Wow, that's a hard one. A powdered sugar donut. I would I would probably still eat it. Uh little brush it off. Brush it off. You know, you take the powdered sugar off probably by that doing that, but I would still eat it. It 99% of that donut is still clean. <laughs> All right, Adam, slice of bread. <laughs> what about Dale's <laughs> interview donut? It's in my memory 20 years later. <laughs> uh, uh Adam, slice of bread. Good bread. Uh, well, yeah, like, like fresh your bread. Your wife just, yeah, your wife baked like fresh baked fresh bread. bread. Oh yeah, to- totally picking that up. All yeah, right, uh, up. clementine slices for Axel. 
Um, probably would pick them up because those are easily rinsable and they're still, you know, they're, they're, they're still good. Adam, I know this has happened to you. Pancake. You're showing off your pancake skills. You flop one on the floor. What do you do? <laughs> oh, hmm. well, the question is, is do you, do you <laughs> put that one in the pile? Uh, of pancakes and not put it back on the griddle and fry it off. Um, yeah, I kind of, even though I think I may have picked them up before, I kind of feel like I maybe shouldn't do that with pancakes. Yeah. So I'm going to say discard that. Axel, your one of your mother's favorite, your favorite recipes from your mother, like a cup of sauerkraut. Ooh. And it was the last batch she made. Oh, she that's visited. hard. But I would have to say I got to let that go because, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a wet mess. And I don't see any way to remedy that. No way. I would have to live with the pain. <laughs> All right. Final two for you guys. Uh, we'll give Adam a taco. A taco? No, again. Too what messy. if just the toppings yeah, kind of fell out, too. but it was still in the shell? Hard shell. So what if it was like a soft okay. shell that was it, rolled okay. up? Soft shell no. on the floor, mm. and it was the only one left. Yeah, yeah. then I'm probably gonna. And then I'd probably do. I'd probably wipe I'd it off. I'd examine it too and see if it was salvageable. I would agree. All right, last one for you, Axel. French fries. I'm sure a French fry has hit the floor of that. House yep, considering that when I do eat French, fr French fries, it is an insane amount of French fries. So I could live without the two or three that fell. So it's like it's a question of how much do I have <laughs> left to well. enjoy versus what I'm losing. Uh, and so. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Well, thanks for playing along on the five second rule. Yeah. There is really no five second rule. I was looking at today, like depends on the moisture content of the food and what your what surface it lands on is how concerned you should be about uh, whether you eat it, toss it, rinse it, fry it. Um, so um, I, I align with many of your things. There are things on this list I would probably and dogs come in handy, like we discovered. Some things to throw away, <laughs> and dogs come in handy, except when they poop on your neighbor's <laughs> yard, like mine. So, so that's a problem. So you guys all had kids. Here's here's one. My 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 beautiful wife, when we were young and had kids, and they had pacifiers. We called them binkies. I think we were at Disney World. We were at Disney World, and one of the pacifiers fell out of one of the kids' mouths and rolled on the ground. And um, Joe is is saying no. So my beautiful wife, because we knew this was super important, she picked it up, oh, oh, oh. Uh, licked it off herself. That is mother. No, no, which was it? Any child other than the firstborn child that this happened? Was it one of their pacifiers? I okay. can't. Remember. It was because either the first I think or sometimes second, yeah. the firstborn child gets all the perks, all the bubble wrap, all the protections. Whereas once you get to two or three or four, that's like, eh, we'll just wipe it off on my sleeve. Here you go. Or where's the nearest fountain? Anything that touches the floor in a public place, touches the ground, is instantly in the garbage in my house. 
Well, it's happened to Axel, us, what, and what I read the argument. Again, yeah, I go into how this happen. item is constructed. It falls down. It'll One side will rest on the plastic part, right? So really, it's only the tip of that of that um, binky that really rolls around. So it is a manageable area of uh, decontamination. And in my case, uh, <laughs> chances are when we had a kid in a stroller with a pacifier, there also was a bag of wipes around. So I many times when that has happened, would take a wipe, wipe it off and uh, <laughs> give it back to the kid. But um, kudos to your wife, Adam, to do that personal, very personal uh, cleaning strategy. It's awesome. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's, that's, she lived that's to tell just the tale. She good is. for her. She's that good. And we wrap that up right before the dinner hour as we record this. So I'm sure that's going to be a nice appetizing Yum. way to ease into your dinners tonight. <laughs> Well, friends, until next time, uh, stay away from the pumpkin spice and uh, hopefully <laughs> I'm making burgers now for sure social know. media choices too much. Joe, I already forgot your platform. Oh, ATM. No more ATMs. 20s. Give me yeah. some fives. Take, yeah. Hey, good, good talking to you guys and good talking to you, uh, all oh, of our uh, three <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, maybe may related to our us. families. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> but until later. next time, friends, take care.